Hello there, I'm Kiel Serona Beatmaker, and on this episode of the Monday Mindset Podcast, we're going to be talking about trusting the process. So, last month, I spent a week in the hospital. It was quite the experience. It, um, it definitely opened my eyes. Uh, too much. A little too much. <laughs> But it was necessary um, because uh, it kind of made me um, something that I've been working on for a really, really long time is slowing down and just taking a break. Um, And to be honest, um, this whole ordeal um, actually led to me um, starting my first ever journal. Um, And so I decided to share a few pages with you to kind of share my thoughts on what I went through at the hospital last month during the middle of a a pandemic. And um, so here we go. First time, first entry. On September 6th, I was in the hospital for a week. It took them a week to figure out what was wrong with me. Since then, I've been in a haze of deep thoughts, contemplating my experience. When this all started, nothing of it. My right hand, elbow, right elbow swollen. Figure it was an allergic reaction. I had a meeting, so I went. I know subconsciously I went because I knew I needed help, but I was too prideful to ask for it. Long story short, I was reluctantly convinced that I should go to the emergency room. The moment I got there, <laughs> shit went sideways. I became lightheaded and sick to my stomach, followed by panic attack. Got me in a wheelchair. Soon after, I puked on my favorite pants. On a side note, I found it frustrating how long it took to admit me. I was yelling, how long? When I was was yelling, how long? And they responded by saying, well, sir, once we get you processed. And I responded by saying, when I die? (laughs) When I was finally admitted, I made it to the ER room. By then, I was vomiting. Um, What the hell did I write? Oh, by then, the vomiting had stopped for a time. Um, The nurse, who was then tending to me, tried her best to calm me. But the pain, the anxiety, uh, the fear, to top it off, I was struggling to breathe. Side note, by this point, my mom had been there. Uh, She was not happy when I told her, when I told the nurses to restrain her if she refused to not listen to the directions of leaving. 
Later, she regarded to me her reaction because she feared that if that was the last time she saw me alive, that's how she thought we would uh, have our final moments together. Both my arms, face, right leg became tingly. Uh, loss of feeling due to my breathing. The nurse and the ER doctor tried to tell me to relax, but it was impossible. I was afraid I was gonna die. I was most afraid without dying without, I was most afraid of dying without finishing my current project. I kept on repeating that in my head, not to die, not to die. At some point they were drawing blood and using an ultrasound to scan my right arm because of how swollen it was. When the nurse was finishing, finished drawing my blood, she accidentally pricked herself. Uh, I felt bad. Uh, as she was muttering to herself 10 years without a prick, and I'm muttering to myself, of course, it had to be me. <laughs> um, I know I'm a bit all over the place, but that was a wild night. Uh, and that's the first part of it. Um, let me just jump around a little bit. Oh, here's a good spot to start. Um, well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm just going to keep on going from where I am. Um... Where was I? All right. Um, I'd flow with memories and moments. I recall along with feelings and thoughts. So after the incident with the nurse, um, which turned out fine, uh, they were unable to find anything in my arm. Um, at this point, I asked for the lights to be shut off. I felt as if the light brought me closer to death. <laughs> but in the darkness, I found hope. At this point, my breathing and anxiety were ragged, were, <laughs> were um, raged and through the room. The yard doc and the nurse left to get me something to help me relax. I was afraid, and I didn't want them to leave me alone. You want to know why? I didn't speak up. Because I didn't want to seem needy. Side note, my damn pride may be the death of me. Um, I think that's one thing I kind of realized. Um, just to kind of take a break from um, my diary, that's just one thing that I kind of realized that um, about me that I've kind of always known but never really fully addressed. Uh, excuse me. Was my um, my pride in regards to just like having to anything um 
I will always say, you know, people ask me, oh, are you okay? Even when I was in the hospital, they'll ask me if I was okay or this or that. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm fine. When maybe I was in pain, um, or maybe I was hurting or I don't know. It's just like, it's something that I've been really trying to understand about me is this weird thing about my pride and not necessarily speaking up. But or like, even when it comes to asking for help, and I know it, it has to stem from my uh, my upbringing, um, and even the way my mom was brought up, you know, this like, um, you know, ask for help, but don't ask for help. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how I felt that I was kind of brought up a little bit was this ask for help, but don't ask for help. And it always kind of stemmed from a thing where pride, where like, you know, you you only ask for help after you have exacerbated every other alternative option. Um, and then even then, there you still got to keep on finding something before you ask for help. Um, and I saw that even with my mom growing up. And that's no dig in my mom. I mean, even though there are times where she refused to ask for help, she somehow figured it out. So I have to give credit to where credit is due. And even in my situation, there have been moments where I should have asked for help, but I didn't. And mainly because I didn't want to seem, seem needy, namely because of my pride. And like, we don't, I don't ask for help unless I, I desperately need it. And even in those moments where I desperately need it, I refuse to ask for help. Um, and that's even in relation to, to, like I said earlier in my in my diary, reluctantly um, agreeing to go to the emergency room. I didn't want to go to the emergency room. I didn't want to leave. Like I said at the beginning of my diary, it was a little wonky, but like I thought I was fine. You know, my right hand is swollen. My elbow and my right hand is swollen. My elbow and my left hand is swollen. I don't, I don't feel necessarily good, but I thought, oh, I'll be fine. You know, I mean, I've, I've quarantined. I, I, I know I don't have COVID. I should be fine. Side note, I, I don't have COVID. Um, but like, I didn't want to go anywhere. But like I said in my diary, subconsciously, I knew that. I knew I needed to ask for help. And um, it's a good thing I did. Because things could have gone a lot worse. Had I not gone to my meeting, my meeting, I could have just called up and been like, yeah, um, I don't feel well. I'm not going. No one knew that I wasn't feeling well unless I went to that meeting. My mom would have never found out. Um, so that tells you also how smart of a person I am. Uh, so, you know, my my damn pride. And it's something I'm working on. I, I am getting better at asking for help, but Sometimes I really can be my own worst enemy when it comes to my pride. So, yeah. All right, let's read a little bit more because uh, I kind of like this idea. I think maybe every, you know, couple Mondays I'll read a little bit from my diary. Um, even, yeah, I like that idea. Well, you guys let me know what you think. Um, so here we back. Here we are. Back to my diary. So while I was in there by myself struggling to breathe. I was so afraid of dying that I stood up. I believed as long as I was standing, 
and not laying down, I won't die. I will not give up. In turn, my body won't. I stood for as long as I could. When the nurse and doc returned, they gave me something to relax and help slow my breathing. Next, they sent me to radiology. That was a pretty cool experience, despite everything going on. After testing negative for COVID, they brought me out of ER and to the patient wing. Side note, that was also the COVID wing. <laughs> um, at, point, at this point, things are blurry. Uh, but I do know I was constantly using humor to downplay my situation. Calling the ER doc Darth Vader for the mask he was wearing or lightly <laughs> hitting on the nurses and talking dirty about myself. I, I was I was all over the place. Um, I, I, I learned, honestly, uh, I learned in my life or death situation, humor is my go-to. Um, and that makes me happy. Um, I, I, I love dirty humor and uh, I love just poking fun of myself. Um, and I did a lot of that while I was in the hospital. It was the only way for me to also kind of calm myself um, was making fun of myself and poking fun with the nurses. Um, I had a really good time with the nurses. They were really nice. Everyone there, it was an incredible experience, honestly. Everyone there was so kind and and so genuine. And I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but honestly, there is something I really wanted to kind of talk about in regards to um, what I experienced when I was in the hospital. And um, it's kind of like what I said earlier in my journal, I was talking about being afraid um, to die. And I want to um, connect this to um, trusting the process. Um, in the sense that, you know, a couple days after you know, after being in the emergency room and, you know, I was finally able to have um, people come see me. My mom came in and saw me and um, I just started crying. I just broke down. I started crying and I, you know, I kind of explained to her that the reason why I was, you know, was crying and just, you know, you know, I, I don't, I'm not afraid. And this is something that I, I really learned heavily about myself is that I'm not afraid of dying. I don't think I've ever really been afraid of dying. Um, there's one way in particular that I'm afraid of dying. And I feel that, and that is um, any form of drowning, any form of um dying from like not being able to breathe um so for me that was since that's like one of my biggest fears um being in an emergency room and having that going on that just amplified my fear because that's my one of my biggest fears is like choking to death in any form whether that's underwater whether that's from smoke whether that's from food anything um so you know i guess you could say I'm not afraid of death, but 
and I'm not necessarily afraid of dying, but I am afraid of going out that way. <laughs> but back to what I was really trying to get to was that like, um, I, I realized through this experience that my, you know, I, my biggest fear is, is dying without a legacy, dying without leaving an imprint on this world, how minor it can be through my art. Um, you know, that was something that I just, I kept on repeating to my mom while I was crying was like, I didn't want to die without succeeding in my goals, without succeeding in my dreams, without finishing the various projects that I am currently working on. You know, I didn't want to die as a nobody. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, it's just, I didn't want to die without accomplishing, without finishing projects. That's what I'm, probably what I'm most afraid of is, is dying without finishing what I started. Is dying without following through, without succeeding in my purpose here. My, as Pablo Coelho says in The Alchemist, my personal legend. I don't want to die without succeeding in it. And that's just what I really realized about this and why, you know, after, you know, returning home from the hospital, I didn't really do anything. And I, I started realizing why this needed to happen. Because I wasn't trusting the process. I have this bad habit of doing too many things at once and trying to force certain things to happen at times or make premature decisions, even if they're sound, and but they're not ready. And I, that's one thing that this kind of made me realize is that, you know, despite the fact that I'm afraid of dying without succeeding in my goals, I need to trust the process that I will succeed in my goals and my dreams. I have to trust the process. And this made me realize that, that I don't truly fully trust the process. And I need to work on that. I need to work on trusting the process. And I think it goes in par with, with how crazy the world is right now, especially in our country. It's hard to trust the political process, I know. Um, especially after the way this past debate went and um, this past weekend with uh, the administration contracting COVID, it makes it even harder to trust the process. But I'm not talking about the process of the politics. I'm not talking about the process of the world or the economy. I'm talking about the, the process of yourself as a person, as an individual. Do you trust the process of the journey that you're on, of your goals, of where you're trying to be, where who, who you're trying to achieve in being? Do you trust that process? Because... I'm sorry, if you don't trust the process, 
that's just, you know, I have this saying that I used to say when I was um, working in high school system with, uh, with kids. I used to tell them you can either live life the hard way or the right way. And if you live life the right way, you know, it, things will take lo- take it. Things will take longer, but the outcome will be greater in your favor, and you'll ex- you'll succeed more often than not. But if you live life the hard way, you will be constantly frustrated. You'll be constantly depressed, and you'll never succeed in your goals because you're trying to fight the process. <laughs> I'm just kind of mind-blowing myself right now here and that's kind of what I just what I realized is that not trusting the process is just like living life the hard way and I just realized that and it took me Seeing through my damn pride to realize that. You know, I think we all struggle with it. Struggle with the process. The process of living. Process of trying to be the best version of ourselves. But if you don't trust it, even if you have a plan, five-year, ten-year plan, if you don't trust it, if you don't believe in it, you're not going to succeed. And I think that's what I've been dealing with (laughs) the past, during the lockdown. I don't know how long it started, when this started. But I'm starting to realize that's really what's been going on. Is I haven't been trusting the process. I've been going through the motions, going through the flow, you know, doing what I need to do. But I haven't been trusting it. I've been second guessing it. I've been apprehensive. I mean, over this weekend, I made one of the biggest purchases and decisions of my entire life. I finally bought the domain name for my website, for my company. Um, and I'm just like, I have been making excuses on why I shouldn't do this for years. And it took this entire experience I went through last month to realize to be in the moment, to trust the process and just go for it. Sometimes I'm starting to realize when you're as an entrepreneur, you got to take risks. You got to take chances. And no matter how big or small they are, and you got to trust the process. And and this is what I'm talking about is, you know, making smart sound choices as an entrepreneur and trusting the process yeah you may make mistakes yeah it may not work out but if you trust the process it (laughs) the chances are it's greater in your favor and if it doesn't work out it wasn't meant to be 
And you can't be upset about that. You have to accept that, hey, it wasn't meant to be. Another opportunity will open up. Or maybe this opens up an even better opportunity. And I think that's what this has done for me is opened up a better opportunity. I mean, I've really slowed down a bit. And, you know, I'm really focusing on one thing at a time. Even with my my to-do list. You know, I have my to-do list right here. And, you know, I started this to-do list right before I went into the hospital. And then when I got out of the hospital about, I don't know, a couple of days after I got out of the hospital, I got back to work. But, but I focused on one thing at a time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so far I've done really well. And yesterday I finished everything I needed to do for, on my to-do list for the last two weeks. And so far today I've got one done. I'm currently working on the second one. Um, and then I'm going to work on the third one. And yeah, that'll probably be it for today. You know, and, and, uh, well, actually, yeah. And four and five will work out through the week. I tend to do one to four for my to-do list. I'm doing five because number five is, is really menial. It's just putting, you know, it's for my, I got, my mom got me this giant, um, folder for organizing all of my stuff because I have a place to organize all of my, um, my paychecks, pay stubs, important papers, I have all of that, but it's it's piling up and I need to, a place where I can just put all the most crucial stuff because I need to get a, we need to get a paper shredder. So we're working on that. Um, I know I'm kind of going off task talking about my organizational skills, but I think organization is key and it's part of being consistent. And that's one thing I kind of started working on when I got out of the hospital um, was I've been cleaning up after myself a lot more frequently um, and keeping things really organized and clean. Um, there's other things um, that I have and haven't been doing, um, but I think I'm going to save those for some future podcast episodes um, because I'm feeling a lot better about things. And to be honest with you, after everything I just said the last couple of minutes, I'm feeling a lot better myself right now. <sighs> yeah, I really needed this. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed um, this latest episode of the Monday Mindset Podcast. I am back. I will be doing an episode each Monday. Um, it will be available on all streaming platforms. And uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be back to doing my Monday Mindset clips as well. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you hit the notification bell and make sure to subscribe. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or any of the other streaming platforms, you know what to do. And uh, if you ever are interested in looking me up on YouTube, it's Ronin Art and Music. And uh, I am Kios the Ronin Beatmaker. 
and uh, I will see you guys soon. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love.